I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thanks for downloading this Little Empire podcast. This show has a real life live record event that you can come to in Auckland, New Zealand during the NZ International Comedy Festival powered by Flick Electric Co. Deets and tickets at comedyfestival.co.nz. Thanks a lot to Big Pipe for sponsoring this episode of The Male Gaze. Oh, Big Pipe, they they do such a good service. They provide uh, free, not free, <laughs> they're not free. Look, they're free you internet pay for, for everyone. <laughs> they pay free internet to all children, uh, but for adults, uh, their packages are basically pretty much, they start at just $69. And there's no data caps, two months free with um, the passcode UFB switch. Ooh. Thanks, Big Pipe. Bye-bye. I'm sorry, Mom. It's not a face. Welcome along to this episode of The Male Gaze. Hi, Eli. Uh, hey, Chris. It's so nice to hear your voice. I'm in uh, bloody Australia and I miss you. I miss you too, mate. It's been a long time. And look, apologies to the fans. All ten Oof. of you. We are so we, sorry. We have had at least one person asking on the Facebook page uh, for us to do another episode. So and that this is, is going out. such a boost for our egos, isn't it? It really is. Makes us feel good. Especially for me. Tonight I'm doing a show in Melbourne, Melbourne Comedy Festival. I want to know how many people I got booked so far, Chris? How many, Eli? Uno. One. One person. I'm terrified. Uh, it's been going great so far, but if you know anyone in Melbourne and this podcast goes out before my show, which is at 9.45, which is in four, and and, four and a bit hours. It's not going to um, happen. Oh, Tim, Tim's quick, though. No, it won't. Mate, I'm sorry. It's just going to be anyway. one person. But that one person, Eli, that could be the director of you know, Seinfeld or something, you know? And so you never know who's in that room. <laughs> the director of Seinfeld? Is that a, is that a is big deal scouting? for you? <laughs> yeah. Scouting yeah, at I Melbourne mean, Comedy Festival. He's looking for new voices. Well, I've, I've seen at least, uh, I reckon, about seven episodes of Seinfeld. Is that bad? I Probably. haven't really watched much of it. To be honest, I don't watch much comedy that doesn't have a gay narrative in it or yeah. stars women, like just a whole yeah, cast nice. of women. And have you been gen- watching Feud? No, I haven't been watching Feud. I'm, I'm oh, I terrible. Think, I, think you, I think you would serve you well to catch up on it. You'd love I it. I think this is the thing. I've got time for one show in my life, usually, to watch. Mm-hmm. And currently, it's RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and oh. all current me- like, and all surrounding media of that show like that they have on YouTube and Untucked. And then yes. there's just no time for anything else. That's fair, that's fair. And who, um, who, by the way, are you supporting on RuPaul's? I know we, we've talked about this online, but not, not since it's, we've got this many episodes in. Okay, so let's just do, before we get into our fact of the game, let's do a quick RuPaul's recap for us, eh? Yes. Um, 
for, okay, so for those who don't watch the show, by the way, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the crossover feels really small yeah. of people who the Venn diagram is just like two circles on top of each other for fans of RuPaul's and fans of the male gaze. You're like, it looks like one circle. You're like, no, no, it's two. You need a it's you need three D glasses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or our circle is just a tiny circle, but it's inside a giant RuPaul circle. It's a donut. Yeah, it's a, it's a donut. <laughs> it's a donut donut hole. With a donut hole in the middle of the uh, RuPaul's fans. So my top three, probably. I'm a huge fan of Shea Coulee. I think she is dynamite. Mm. I think she's so nice. fun and fresh. Oh my God. But number one, Valentina. I love so Valentina. She's so beautiful. And, I'll be surprised and if she takes bubbly it and out. Funny. She's so bubbly and funny. I'll be surprised if she takes it out. Like... I think she's amazing. I've just like, she, I just, I don't know. Like she hasn't like, I've, I haven't been like clear winner, but she is yeah, the faith. Sure. Um, mm. And also just so hot as a girl and so hot as a guy. It's just brilliant. Love her eyebrows. Woof. Uh, yeah. Woof. Woof. And I feel like probably set a bit of a trend with those eyebrows a little bit. Like I feel like people I will copy so. the Valentina eyebrow, which is like iconic. Absolutely. And the other drag, uh, Oh, oh, it's a tie probably between Nina Benina and mm. um, Sasha Velour. They're just like, I'm waiting. I'm a big fan of Sasha Velour. She like knocked, blow, blew me away like in her very first like appearance and stuff. But then like I kind mm. of hasn't like made a splash yet. Well, both but, of them, I think, like Nina Benina as well. When I first uh, first episode, I was like, winner. I was like, this is the winner. She looks amazing. I love how yeah. crafty she is. But then she she's kind of a little bit shy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. She's. I feel like she's holding back. It, d- despite the fact that in the latest episode she had that like tits out, um, oh like God, that was dominatrix. S- so good, such a brilliant look. <laughs> and her and untucked when she's like lying back like a crucified uh, Jesus Christ <laughs> with her giant boobs. <laughs> I loved it. She's like clutching her breasts and just like just staying out of the drama. Um, who's your top three? Um, it's pretty similar. I think it's Nina Benina, Shea Coulee, and Valentina. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in love with Sasha Velour yet, but I think mm. she could get there. I mm. also think, um, I also am quite fond of Trinity. Uh, me and my boyfriend have had a few fights about her because he, he doesn't really like pageant queens in any, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've, I've, I think Trinity's strong. She has some strong looks. She killed that lip sync against, I mean, she, and she didn't even have to. Like, she could have, like, done half and then sat down and she would have still beat Charlie Hyde's. I just don't think I would have... I would be, like, so excited if she was coming into the country. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when one hey. of those... when If, like, Valentina was doing a show in New Zealand, I would just, like, drop as much money as I could to get there. And I feel like that is the sign of a true winner. Absolutely. We could That's talk true. about this for hours, but we've got to get into it, hey? Yes, I now look. Did you prepare a fact of the game? Because I've also prepared one. Mine wasn't a fact of the game. Mine was just mainly like, um, like I read like the front page of like every single gay website that I read to find something good, and it's just kind of like current, if gay current affairs. But okay, I'd cool. love to hear your fact if you've got one, and then I'll, I'll maybe I'll just dabble on my bit of current affairs. So this one was sent to me by my sister Joya. Uh, shout Woo-hoo. out to Joy Kelly. Uh, she sent me a couple of ideas over this hiatus. She's had like four. She's like, are you doing a podcast today? Here's a fact of the gay. And I'm like, I was like, no, we haven't done one for three weeks. Because um, <laughs> we're bad people. God, has it but been three weeks? Oh, it's been, God, a, it's been a while, mate. I'm yeah. so glad to be back. 
It is. I'm having a lot of fun here, sitting in my uh, Airbnb room alone, holding my phone in front of my face. Um, so, Anne Lister. Ever heard of her? No. Well, you're about to hear about her because uh, they've just announced uh, an eight-episode uh, co-production between P- BBC and HBO about her life, right? They're making a drama about uh, Anne Lister, right? She was alive in uh, the from 1791. She was born and she died oh, she in 1840. Old. <laughs> yeah, and she's still killing it. Um, she's smashing out looks. She's amazing. Okay, so <laughs> she's so hot. She's an, a woman from the past. That's all I know so far. So here's the quote about the TV show they're about to make. Uh, it's produced. This is the hook. Uh, right? Written this by. It's a bit of advertising. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, this is it's written by a BAFTA award winner, Sally Wainwright. Related to Ooh. Rufus? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, she said. Anne Lister is a gift to dramatists. She is one of the most exuberant, thrilling, and brilliant women in British history, and I can't wait to celebrate her. Landowner, industrialist, traveller, mountaineer, scholar, would-be brain surgeon, and prolific diarist. To bring her to life is going to be great, she said. Um, so she did all those amazing things. She's ma- climbed mountains. I don't really know what mm. the brain surgeon thing is. I've kind of skimmed this article, and now I'm trying to look back <laughs> to find... It. It's like pottery. They just, like, dabble in brain surgery. Yeah, would-be brain surgery. Sounds like she... Uh, it's her side I mean, I hustle. hope she didn't try and do one and then, and then not succeed. Oof, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, she had a bunch of different lo- lovers over the years, all uh, female. She uh, inherited from her family. Her family all died, and then she There's inherited the this... Wh- I, was looking for the, I was looking for the male gaze link. I was like, this just, this, is she straight? Is this about a straight woman who <laughs> climbed the mountain? She's just a great woman that did some great things. <laughs> I was like, and hey, I think like, we should put more worst. woman at the forefront. <laughs> I was like, I mean, this is great. It sounds like a great movie, but I don't know if this is like fact of the gay material. <laughs> Today's fact of the gay is the life of Kirsten Dunst, who I just think is really good. <laughs> I straight up would love to know more about that. About Kirsten Dunst? I would like to see the scene where she's cast and bring it on. <laughs> oh, yes. Same. I mean, I kind of want to know what she's up to now. because So for me, I thought she's Melancholy was going to be her career making performance. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a good... She's so good at it. And then since then... What's been going on? She played the kind of like slightly racist, but not too racist one in Hidden Figures. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of like racist, and then at the end, she was nice. Uh, I always get nervous that that's like the actor like being really nervous about like wanting to be seen like being about scared about being seen negatively and that it being bad for their image. I'm like, well, you just got to got to do the job of like being a monster, like to, in order to tell that story correctly. Totally. Like, do you reckon? Are you like, did Kirsten Dunst request that she submitted the script? She was like, we're just going to add this scene in the, the end. She's like, oh, I just don't want to be this mean. And they're like, all oh, right, we'll give you one smile at the end of the movie where we're like, oh, maybe she's got the potential to learn. <laughs> one smile? <laughs> yeah, like a knowing That's... smile and a nod where you're like, yeah. maybe she's not that racist. Mm. Um, like, no, and... Kirsten, be the monster. I oh, keep, keep going about this woman. Yep. I would have preferred to see Kirsten play a full monster as, as well. But she's mm. in a new movie coming out with um, Nicole Kidman. Have you seen this one by Sofia Coppola? Set during the American Civil War, uh, where like a gentleman visits their all-woman female boarding house in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it looks good. Yeah. Looks bloody good, Chris. But what uh, about... So this So this is this movie. Is, I mean, is there, is there more facts, or is, the, is this just a teaser for a film? 
<laughs> no, no. I just got a press release. I just got send a press release from the uh, BBC. No, Anne Lister. Oh. So she's described as having a uh, masculine appearance uh, yeah. by some of her lovers, right? In fact, she was known about the town as Gentleman Jack because she used to walk around just wearing blacks, right? Um, she owned a uh, colliery, which is like um, coal mining. Whoa. Coal mining. So she was super, super rich, right? She ran this hall and she got income from the people who lived in the hall with her, as well as the agricultural um, features of the hall. Is she just like super, super Is this rich? the story of the very first power lesbian? <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. She's certainly uh, known as kind of one of the first uh, modern open lesbians, right? Wow. Uh, and she was super open about her affairs but, So they found all these details uh, in her diaries But everything about her romantic relations Was written in a secret code Of kind of like the Greek alphabet And some other things that she mixed together to make the secret code This woman is smart She's real smart um, so first she was with this uh, woman called Mariana Lawton Who was married with kids And the husband knew about it And he just let her do it uh, Until um, she wasn't allowed to anymore uh, <laughs> uh, But for a few years she went for it And then she had this affair with a wealthy, another wealthy uh, heiress Called Anne Walker uh, And they got married Chris what? So obviously there's no kind of like official legal recognition Because it wasn't legal, you know uh, in, Promise rings, in this, they had promise rings They had beautiful promise rings They had Jonas Brothers style promise rings they were, like, um, they were like mood rings And they changed depending on their mood And they are like, are we on the rocks because my ring's gone purple <laughs> Imagine that If, if there that was like mood, mood rings that actually it was, it was like something you need to talk about with your partner They glowed a colour So you couldn't like, avoid it Yo, my ring is red. What are you keeping from me? And they're like, I've had an affair. And they're like, fuck, this ring. Get it off. Why do we buy these? <laughs> Why do we... I can't believe this was only $2 as well. The technology is incredible. It's um, incredible technology. Mood rings are the worst technology. I feel oh, like they... every, every mood ring I put on, I've tried to tense my finger and then the mood ring has got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but then I've panicked and I haven't been able to get it off my finger. I've got huge fingers. Also, I'll say it, they're ugly as hell. They're oh, ugly. Bro, I they're don't know. Rings. No, I think they're kind of cool. Oh. But I just haven't what? had to find one big enough to fit my fat ass fingers. <laughs> oh, I used to wear them all the time. They'd always, they'd always come up a mixture of two colors and like mm. two colors that just didn't work. So I'd be like angry happy. And I was mm, like, yeah. what? <laughs> when are you angry happy? Uh, After you've done like a vengeful what... murder or something. Oh yeah, you're like oh, I was so angry. I, I killed that person, but happy they're out of my life. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, and Lister, she married Anne Walker, right? Uh, but eventually, they were on. I mean, this story—it's been good so far. But like, they <laughs> they went on a holiday to Russia or a journey. I think maybe mountaineering, and then uh, old Lister got an insect sting uh, that reacted very uh, badly. She died. Oh, then Anne Walker. End- yeah. I know, and spoilers for the end of this BBC HBO drama coming up, but um, she died, Anne Walker brought her body back, um, and Anne Lister had left the whole uh, estate, that hall I mentioned earlier, to Anne Walker, but it was taken from her by her family, and then she was put into a mental home. Jesus. Jesus. 49 good years. And listen yeah. to by the sounds of things. Starts as kind of a comedy and then gets quite bleak, quite doesn't it? Quite yeah, dark. very sad. 
Um, also, I'm really trying to. I'm scouring Wikipedia right now to find any details about the brain surgeon part of the story, and I can't find a single thing apart from well, that quote. I don't think anyone needs to go see the movie because you've pretty much given the entire plot out. That's <laughs> so. not a movie; it's an eight-part series, and Whoa. I imagine you know I'm I'm obviously watching over some details. Yeah, um, oh. and I, I'll be watching to find out when she cuts a brain open. My fact of the gay slash my just like gay current affairs was that about that survivor scandal. Did you hear about that? I was watching it today in the gym on mute. Uh, but they wow. and, <laughs> at the gym that I've been going to in Melbourne, they put the uh, subtitles on. What was the body language telling you, Eli? <laughs> Uh, it was, oh, it looked controversial. It was actually not, I wasn't watching Survivor. I was watching The Talk, which has Sharon Osbourne. Oh, it's yes. like The View, but Sharon Osbourne is the kind of main the anchor. Interview. They had an, uh, a really bleak interview with Hayley Joel Osment, And then after that, they got the Survivor contestant on. Um, and, oh, he had a hard, he had a hard time. Hello, listener. This is Tim Batt, interrupting your podcast to bring you a short ad that is only relevant to people in my home, New Zealand. If you're not in New Zealand, my apologies. The NZ International Comedy Festival, powered by Flick Electric Co., is happening from April 27 till May 21, and features literally every single Kiwi on this podcast network. There are many, many great live comedy shows happening, so if you enjoy this podcast, chances are you'll enjoy seeing them live. Go to comedyfestival.co.nz and buy tickets to some great shows now. That's comedyfestival.co.nz. Yeah, so for those who don't know the story, um, there was like two contestants on Survivor who like both um, were kind of publicly gay. Um, and that's how everyone kind of viewed them on the show. And then they kind of had a good sort of relationship going where they would like sort of share secrets. I haven't actually even watched the episode, but this is just what I've been reading up on about it. Anyway, Oof. in the tribal council... Um, Jeff Jeff Varner, who's one of the gay men, who's slightly older than the other guy, Zeke Smith, um, he outed Zeke as being transgender, as Oof. as a tactic, as saying that it, like you can't trust Zeke oh. because he'd been keeping this as a lie. Anyway, the, obviously the whole thing is just like crumbled underneath Jeff, and then he was just like outed out of um, tribal council immediately, like. Who's Good. the host of Tribal Council? Uh, it's been the same guy, eh, for the yeah, whole what's time. his name? He must be breaking it in. Anyway, he yeah. was just like, give me a candlestick, mate. We are sending you out of here. And then I was just reading up a story today that the guy, Jeff Varner, who outed Zeke, um, like lost his job as like a real estate agent as well when he came back. So it's like impacted him. Like, oh, shit. But it's so bad what he did. It's terrible, especially with reality television where you kind of can't like edit that stuff out because it's like sort of that's how it's going to roll along. That's the drama. Well, he was... Uh, so the, the trans guy was on uh, the talk today and he was talking about oh, yeah. it and he, he said uh, one of the reasons that he wanted to do the show, uh, even though he never disclosed that he was trans in any of the application procedures or anything like that, uh, but one of the reasons he wanted to do it is because he was such a huge fan because of how uh, raw and real everything was on the show. So he was like happy that moment had been left in. Oh, what an absolute... I mean, it's so brave. Yeah. Um... And kudos to him for doing that. And um, Absolutely. I think that's really incredible. And like, you know, all awareness is like, you know, now that it's out and people are talking about it, I mean, that's kind of like a sort of a silver lining, but it's just so sad it had to happen that way. Yeah, that's no one should ever treat anyone else like that, in my humble opinion. Uh, yeah, what was amazing whole- was that... Oh, you go. You go. 
I was going to say that whole thing of like outing people is kind of yuck. Like it actually makes my, oh. like gives me like goosebumps. And like, especially when I was closeted, like I just always felt like people were trying to out me. And it's like, this is not your journey. Get your own bloody boat and sail away. I'll like, yeah. I'll, I'll dock this ship when I'm ready, baby. <laughs> There's a guy and you have this guy in New Zealand. His name is like, his Twitter name is like real Steve Grant or something. He's like a, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Old, old school gay journalist from the 90s. Oh, and his Steve thing Gray. now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Gray. Oh, and all he does is like, well, I don't know if it's all he does, but what I know about him is that he just basically tweets at celebrities, uh, asking them to out themselves or saying, oh. you're saying they have, don't talk about their sexuality enough or all this stuff. And it's so nasty and so well, stupid. He's got a real Count Olaf kind of vibe to him, to be honest. It's very presumptuous because you have no idea about the kind of like backstory of these people and why maybe, well, one, if they are, um, in fact, mm. gay, or two, why, if they are, and if you know they are or something, why they're not addressing with it, whether that be like religious, family, personal reasons. There's a whole array of things. It's like, just don't, don't prod the beast. Just like, leave it, you know? Let, let totally. Them, not to say that this is a beast, um, but it's just like, you know, I'm just a beast. Leave it alone. I'm a beast. My, my homosexuality is beast like. <laughs> I'm beastie. <laughs> it comes roaring out of me. <laughs> I'm beauty <laughs> and beast. <laughs> I identify um, ha- as sort of half beauty, half beast. <laughs> <laughs> I do think like your uh, your idea about like your pride and your openness with it is something that changes and transforms as you as you experience your own life as well. And you can't you can't make someone speak more outwardly about something if they're not ready to yet at any time. Absolutely, oh, because uh, I, I definitely always... when I oh you go. Oh, sorry. This is so much harder without seeing each other because normally we'd know, kind of like we nudge each other's cues. knees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I Well, like when I first came out, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be like a normal guy who just happens to be gay. Uh, you know, like that kind of... Vibe. Oh my God, that is so problematic. <laughs> I know. I know, but it's very oh. easy to think that, to be like, I don't want this to define me. And then later on, you're like, that's nah, a huge part of my life and I'm going to talk about it all the time. Get, I'm going to start a whole podcast about it. Get ready. Mm. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, oh, that whole thing. Yeah, totally. There's there's a lot to unpack in that. Um, mm. But I thought maybe just like to the end of this like little wee poddy for today, we should talk mm. a little bit about yes. like gays on tour. The fact that we've both kind of been away. That's why we've had this weird sort of hiatus. You're in yes. You're in Australia, mate. Across the Tassie. It's our first Aussie, Aussie, trans Tassie episode. And I've been in a beautiful small town in New Zealand uh, touring my sh- their show that I'm in about uh, an iconic gay cooking duo, Hudson and Halls. And I've been taking Hudson that and Halls. Mm. to the regions. Uh, how, so w- which small towns have you been in? Well, just two. Uh, one, Kerry Kerry, up in, uh, oh, like yeah. north, uh, right up north in the North Island. And then Wanaka, which is not really a small town. It's more of like, it's kind of like New Zealand's Aspen, but um, it's like right down south. Um, but yeah. like very kind it's just of like by, it's just by Queenstown, so it's almost like in the tourism hub, really, isn't it? 
you know, it's full tourism down there. Mm. And like really different kind of like audiences down there, like in those two different areas. Like Wanaka is just like full. I, the way I describe Wanaka is like everyone's son is gay. Like all the well, parents are kind of like have a gay son. It was sort of what it yeah. feels like. They're all a little bit like, they're all a little bit like floating on the left. Um, they're all retired. <laughs> yeah. They drink a bit of wine. You know, they're floating all sort the of fun. They've all made, got a lot of... They're all kind of like subtle millionaires. Um, nice. Oof. And I kind of thought Carrie Carrie was going to have the same vibe, but I had two extraordinarily, extraordinary, like, crazy experiences in Carrie Carrie. So really? at the end of the show, Hudson and Halls, we invite the audience to come up and get photos with us as in character so, like, they can put it on their Facebook. It's yes, a very cute Hudson idea. Halls, by the way, we should say they're, like... Uh, they had a gay, very gay cooking show uh, in yeah. the New Zealand. In the New Zealand. Uh, in New Zealand. It, you can Google them. They were they were celebrity chefs amazing. in the 80s, and they, they loved each other, uh, but it was before the homosexuality law reform. So, uh, like, legally they weren't allowed to be gay, but they were, like, entertainers of the year in New Zealand. It's this kind of crazy chapter in New Zealand's television history. Mm. Um, so, anyway, people get out photos with us at the end of the show. They're very camp characters. And so you always kind of get these people who are like sort of in like feeling a bit sort of jazzed after being around this sort of campness for a while and they're, they're sort of a bit outrageous and they sort of say things they don't really mean to these kind of middle-aged women who've enjoyed the show so we get yeah. these two this group of women come up to get a photo with um todd the other actor and i and their husbands stay in the seats and it's just the woman to get the photos and so todd and i turn to the woman and we say do the men want to come up and get a photo with us as well yeah, And the woman turns to Todd and I and replies, no, 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 the men don't want to get a photo with you. They're homophobic. Oof. Like, just said it to our face. <gasps> as if, like, Jesus. I don't know, it was like a nut allergy or something. It was... <laughs> it was <laughs> They're intolerant, wild. so... They're intolerant. <laughs> They're... I'm sorry, they've, they had... Um, they were around gays earlier. They just flare up. They rash. So um, it's best <laughs> if they stay away. It was... <laughs> Wild, and I was kind of like it's bananas, speechless. And then later that night, we went out for dinner um, yeah. after the show, and we're at this like Mexican restaurant. And then this a cop car pulls up. Um, you know, it's a really like it's I don't know like a Thursday night. It's very quiet and carry carry. The, the officer's like just finishing um, his like duty. Um, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> what's the, I don't know what is the it correct- called duty. I don't know. It's like playground duty. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my comedy duty tonight, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just walking around finding the comedians. Anyway, so he walks out of his cop car. He's in full uniform. He doesn't see us yeah. in the restaurant, but he sees Ooh. his friend and his friend who went to the show. And he yells out at the top of his voice, Hey, mate, how was the show with the homosexuals? Really loudly. <laughs> and again, it was like this like, <laughs> second sting of just like, I mean, it's not like, inherently offensive what he said but his kind of it was one of those things where there was an ingrained homophobia or a homophobic kind of tone to it and wow. also being like sort of saying the homosexuals as if you'd say like the orangutans at the zoo yeah or it's something. like it's a freak show or something yeah like, it, they've come to visit town we've never met any ever before in our lives it's like town was a buzz knowing that the gays were in town That's and it was just crazy. a real shock I guess like just being out of this little Auckland bubble and being in an area where, like, oh, I was just a reminder, you know, that like even in these sort of smaller towns, it's, you know, it's at a different pace. Like we're we've advanced in different ways. But then again, totally. then you'll find a beautiful pocket where like there was this 
guy who ran a cafe in Wanaka and yeah. I spotted it because there was like a rainbow prag- flag on the um, outside of his cafe and I was like bingo we're in and I was yes. so happy to see it and like that whole rainbow flag thing like I remember when I was first coming out I was like I don't know if I like like how I feel about like just like completely identifying into this flag like it's I imagine that like, if you were part of that 70s movement where that flag was like really important to you like it would be it really feel like a part of your identity but I just didn't really like link it to me but then yeah. walking past this cafe I was so relieved to see it like I was like totally. oh my god like I know that there's someone in that cafe who who's who we I could chat with and I know he feels certain ways that I agree with and I know we're like we're similar kind of people he might like I didn't know yeah. him but I just kind of feel like I feel there's a connection here and I'm like grateful that that he's used he's put that flag out totally. and also being in a small area like that takes a bit of bravery absolutely I, I feel I feel uh I, I, yeah, I feel the same way now. It's like a symbol. It's like shoes over the fence. It's like <laughs> this is yes. a this yeah. is a place that's gonna be okay for you to visit. Um, yeah. How was how was the food and the and the coffee at this cafe though? Oh my god, it was it was like oh, don't get me started on small town cafes, eh? Like this <laughs> it's this ludicrous what's going on there. Like and someone needs to do a report on it. It's like you need to do a Tams. Is it Tams doing uh, sell and the- bake makeover takeover? <laughs> What are you doing with your microphone? It's, I feel like I'm under the covers with you. <laughs> I, I I am in bed, and I don't. Oh, I'm not. I'm not under the covers. What does it sound like? Like you're rubbing the rec- the microphone on your genitals. <laughs> oh, you know what I've been doing. So the listeners won't be able to hear this because oh. we're. I'm recording this on my phone, which is by my face, but my the microphone on my laptop is on the side of the laptop. So I've been kind of stroking the side. <laughs> Okay, kind of stroking the USB holes. Look, I'm very sexually frustrated right now. <laughs> I am so... I have ripped so many labels off so many beers while I'm here. Um, I worked out... Because in my show, I do a big joke about the movie 40 Days and 40 Nights, about how like Josh Hartnett goes without sex for that, that amount of time. And I, I, in my mind, I'm like, 40 Days and 40 Nights, that's not that long to go without sex. I've definitely done that. But at the moment, I'm in the, in the midst of 42 Days and 42 Nights. That's how long we're apart while I'm doing comedy festivals. And yes. it sucks so bad like obviously it's also just like it's an early relationship and we're in the throes of passion so uh just missing each other very strongly as well but also oh my goodness it's just different i'm sharing a bed uh with alice needham from bonus of the heart yeah that's how it worked out i was in a bunk for a while there was too many of us so now i shacked up with uh i'm I'm a i'm in a sned bed and uh i feel like that this is putting like or too much heat on your relationship with her already, which was I think like, so. t- to be honest, fiery would be a word We're for already it. in each other's face twenty four seven without having to sleep in the same bed. <laughs> this is so gorgeous. <laughs> she, How you she f- did go. She went away. She stayed with her. Her sister came to Melbourne, so for like four nights, I had this double bedroom to myself, and it was so legit. Um, she does one thing. I mean, I don't want to gossip, but here's gossip. the thing: that I think this is like sharing bed etiquette with a lover or a friend right she uh yesterday morning she'd set an alarm and she pressed snooze like five times <gasps> and i was like that's fine if you're by yourself but i'm here and it's waking me up every time the alarm goes off 
be honest with yourself and turn that snoot that and just like turn that alarm off. Yes. Other than yeah. that, it's going it's going all good though. <laughs> Bless her. Oh, I miss Alice and Eden. I miss you all. Hey, and so tell me, how's gay form. life in Melbourne? I, I presume it's uh, more positive than Kerry Kerry. It seems very positive. I mean, uh, I wish my boyfriend was here and I could go striding through the streets holding hands. Uh, but mm. no, it's been good. I've seen some uh, wonderful gay comedy and I've done some gigs which I thought were going to be like kind of a bit a bit crazy and uh, ooh, ooh. Uh, but they were all good they were super in fact I think audiences here that go and see comedy I mean I don't know how to make a call but at the moment I'm like oh I seem to fit in in most shows which and happens mostly in New Zealand but there are some small town gigs that I do that are like do you feel different being in a country that doesn't acknowledge same sex marriage like does there, is there something in you that shifts or adjusts uh, yeah for sure for sure, it's so weird. You kind of just want to like go and scream at people, and that and the <laughs> ending of my show. So I'm doing my show here, and then in New Zealand, and it's quite impassioned here because I talk about weirdly. I talk about Beauty and the Beast for a long time at the end of my show, <laughs> and about Josh <laughs> Gad and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. So we did a whole podcast, and now it's in my show as well. But um, have you seen the movie? Yes. Have you seen it? Yeah, finally. And uh, Carrie Carrie. How- the gay moment is just the biggest piece of bullshit. Although, so... <laughs> it did so make I my would, heart skip a beat a little bit. But I wish, like, if there was more of it, like, I would have been even happier. I just hated the character. I hated Lafoe. I was, like, such a drip. Uh, such a pain. What I did like was when that guy, when the wardrobe bursts open and then that guy gets in the dress and loves it. Um, yeah. And so I went to it with my boyfriend who just sat there for the whole film. And then when that happened, he like raised his hand straight in the air and clicked his finger and shaked his head. I love that. Uh, I, I miss him when so that much. Happens, when, they, when you first meet him as that guard, like yes. I was with like a whole row of homosexuals and we all went... <laughs> Ooh, like we all kind of like shuffled in our seats <laughs> and there was nothing to say that he was gay, but we all knew like our gaydar because we were like, I'm high alert for a gay moment. Um, yeah. And we were like, we we're like, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? And then um, when we saw him, I was like, he, he's homo- he's a homosexual. I, I bet he's a homosexual. And then he's the guy <laughs> that hooks up with um, Lafoe. So that was a... I mean, they don't even hook up. They no. accidentally dance with each other. <laughs> <laughs> let's all just have let's, let's hope that they boned that night yeah hey talking about gays on tour um, here's another thing as well I've booked this holiday to Tonga in June um, it's right, right after the comedy festival a little break and I'll tell you what we booked it because the flights were very cheap and they were looked up laws and turns out homosexuality is illegal there and oh. My God! <laughs> Public displays of affection very frowned upon, but apparently the the PDA thing is not just um, not just gay couples; it's like straight couples. Any signs of public affection are, are sort of frowned upon. But now, wow. we're, if, if there's any listeners out there who've been to uh, Tonga before, tweet in your accommodation suggestions and your yeah, activity yeah, suggestions, yeah. please. That's a, that's an interesting, but that's where this like whole like going back to that kind of rainbow flag thing on the window like oh. really becomes like a useful. Tool. Totally. Yeah. Not just a useful tool. Like, imagine if you were in um, Russia now, and is it is it Chenya or, or Chechnya. wherever the Chechnya, Chechnya yeah. where those guys have been abducted? Oh my god! It's oh my terrifying. God. And it must like not just a useful tool, but like a um, I don't know, like a tool of war almost. I don't. I mean, it must be a survival. I, I, 
like yeah a, a exactly but i was think, thinking this before like even when you said about like holding your hand uh with your boyfriend in melbourne like mm. I, it, it's crazy but like I think about a lot about taking my boyfriend back home to Christchurch which it feels kind of conservative down there and I'm like even holding his hand in the street sometimes actually feels like an act of protest or like you're just kind of claiming that space um, absolutely and like even when I do it in Auckland sometimes it's like like in certain areas of Auckland where you just you just feel a slight adjustment in your body where you're like oh, it just feels I just have to I feel like I have to be on guard a little bit or alert that I feel like yeah. some people like aren't jeezy with this, and that um, it, it, be, it feels feels like it doesn't just feel like you're being intimate. It feels like you're being intimate and claiming space, or yeah. trying to be seen, or protesting in a sort of by being who you want to be. But that's kind of I don't know. It, it can feel kind of awesome though as well. But oh, I, totally. I just want it to be. So you know, you remember in the art center in Christchurch. So yes. uh, where we both grew up, there's this uh, beautiful uh, older lesbian couple that was there, and they'd be like out uh, in the shops like every Sunday, and they had a beautiful dog. But just like everyone knew who they were purely because they were the only like gay people being openly affectionate in in the city as far as I knew when I was growing up. Mm. Um, so they'd always like get an ice cream and sit on a bench outside where the court theatre is. And in a way it's kind of like so nice to see, but also like it shouldn't be such a rarity that they would become famous to people working there just because of that. Yeah, Oof. visibility is key. And that's why like Ooh. even these small moments, like I mean the microsecond of Beauty and the Beast are like, are really valid, important steps forward. Totally, but just uh, next time Disney could just make a, like a slightly longer moment, just, just like a just kiss. Slightly, just like maybe cool a character, like just uh, as <laughs> <laughs> a little dick. <laughs> hey, that's all the time we've got for today, my friends. Uh, we've got to hey. we've got to roll on. It's what a pleasure. What, t- what a pleasure, Eli, to touching touch and base with you, my friend. Yeah, it's four twenty six here. If you're going to ask. Miss 420, so you I'm did. never getting we, high. We talked right... You're never getting high again. No. Uh, and it is almost dinner time for me here, and my stomach is making so much noises. So Hey, just before, just before we go as well, yep. if anyone's in Melbourne at the moment, I've got five more shows. Get here at the Forum Theatre, 9.45 or 8.45 on Sunday. And I met a couple of male gays fans already, and I tell you what, I loved it, and I'd love to meet <gasps> any more. And I'm doing Do Sydney it. as well. Woo, uh, Sydney you... Festival and Auckland and Wellington and I can't wait to see everyone and um, if you're in Auckland um, just hang out say hello uh, if you see me on the street just give me a little hold, nod hold Chris's hand. hand hold my hand and let's be visible together <laughs> and thank you so much to Big Pipe for sponsoring this episode of The Male Gaze we love you Big Pipe boop, 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 boop. Pew. I'm sorry mom. Sorry, mom. it's not a face Thanks for listening to this Little Empire podcast. We've got live shows happening in the New Zealand International Comedy Festival powered by Flick Electric Co. So go to comedyfestival.co.nz and buy tickets now. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, maybe you should listen to The Worst Idea of All Time with Guy Montgomery and Tim Batt. Oh, this movie's still fine. Those set dresses. 
They have a good time, don't they? You know, I would argue that we are the most set dress positive podcast. Yeah. <laughs> set dress positive. I like that. Uh, on the market. I think you could be right. And it's important to have your niche. It doesn't matter what it is. You've just got to occupy something. You know what we're occupying? Set positivity. That's right. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.